Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Miss D's Lunacy. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. We went from absolute torrential downpour to now a very chilly Florida weather, which is actually quite comfortable, and we're loving it. I think the horses might like it better out in Wellington. Anyway, today's show is always about fun and entertainment and adventure. And I'm introducing you to one of my dearest friends. I know his children in intimately. Mary and I, his wife, were having children together. Uh, he is, of course, English. And I seem to be having an English week. And he has started the most wonderful company in 1982 called the Argosy. And he's basically has friends from all over the world that travel with him all over the world, and he organizes trips, which are absolutely fantastic, wonderful first-class hotels, different places, Egypt, India, Sri Lanka, China, Vietnam, uh, Argentina, I mean, you name it, Scotland, Wales, England. It's absolutely, they are magnificent. And he happens to be a great friend to many of these people. He's the leader of his flock, and he's a friend, and he has actually, believe it or not, started about three marriages by introducing, I don't know how many people. I mean, I think he's, he, he's introduced about 300 people that all know. Uh, I don't think he could part waters just yet, but we're working on it because he's really has a bit of a magic in getting people together and enjoying themselves and bringing such joy to such a group of people who would like to travel but are somewhat incapacitated as to how they go about all this all by themselves. And so it's a group of friends from all over the world that gather. And of course, it's an adventure because we all meet these friends. And he blends so many personalities. And some are fabulous and some keep friendships together for a very long time. And he unites each person in a different way. And he brings his great humor and his absolute interest in everything because it's so well-researched. And they do all the recon before we go on these trips. And I've had the pleasure of going on a few of them. But I would like to introduce you to someone who I think is absolutely one of my dearest friends and a wonderful man. His name is Anthony Underwood. Anthony, thank you for joining us on the show. Miss D. Lunacy, it's my pleasure to be here with you. And we've had as you say, great fun traveling together. But I couldn't do 1982, but I mean, it's extraordinary that he's been able to carry on in such a tremendous amount of time with such success. And also what I was telling him, I said, my dear friend, you're supposed to be writing your memoirs because he's now accumulated over 5,000 photographs. And uh, that would be, I mean, the stories that he has to tell about these trips are absolutely extraordinary. And I'm going to hand over to you. I mean, I've been on the Cuba trip, which was hysterical, on the India trip, where we actually did a safari. I went to Cuba, which was very interesting. And we've just finished Vietnam and Cambodia. But he has brochures. And the way to find him is to go on on the ArgosyPB at AOL.com. And you might be absolutely amazed at what he's doing this year's trips include Havana, Spain, Scotland, the Adriatic, Rome, Croatia, India, Kashmir, and South Africa, which I'm thinking of doing myself. So these are done 
on a yearly basis, and they're different different trips every time. And uh, so I'm going to hand him over some of the stories that he has because I can also chip in because I've been on some of those trips. So, Anthony, before you retire, which could be never at the rate you're going, because these just keep popping up, uh, tell me about some of the most extraordinary and hu uh, humorous, humorous stories well, that you have had. I started the trips in 1982 completely by accident, and I was visiting Houston, and I bumped into someone who said, oh, I got to take the trustees of a foundation to Scandinavia. And my late wife and I, uh, we knew some quite grand Swedes, and we flew over there and uh, organized some really, really special things. Um, and we went there several times. And I always remember my third visit to Sweden on a trip. Um, we had an audience with the king and queen, which was very special. And we had one lady who came in the afternoon um, everybody was beautifully dressed, and she decided to come in flowing chiffon with a boa and a tiara, which was not daytime dress, and it was probably one of the most embarrassing things. And he, the king said, oh, don't worry, Anthony, it's perfectly all right, and we just got on with everything. But um, I think the idea of the trips really are to make them fun, to make them amusing, but equally to see the country properly in, 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 the, um, in, the, you know, in a private way, like a moving house party. And That's very well said. Yeah, like a moving house party. And I always remember one time when I was in Venice and there was a lady and she was leaning over one of these bridges and uh, she had a beautiful Chanel suit on and she dropped it in the water. And Venice water is pretty smelly. And um, I dashed around the other side and picked it up and gave it to her. And, um, and then that was, I was with Mary, my second wife, Mary. I've been married to two Marys, which sound rather like, you know, two two um, cruise ships, but anyway, she's known as Mary too. And um, anyway, we're walking along the canal and there was another woman there and she was fairly elderly. We've managed to get the average age down a bit now. And, um, and <laughs> one of her depends dropped out of her trousers and Mary said, I'm not gonna pick those depends up <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> when I took my son to Venice, he said, Mom, it's filthy. <laughs> it was filthy. And I said, oh, goodness gracious. He said, I'm not going in that canal. I'm going to fall over. And unfortunately, he spied a rat one of the alleys. And he was absolutely horrified. He said, Mom, everything is peeling off here. He was much too young. He was 10 years old. And he didn't understand that he was actually looking at something very important. And I said, oh, my goodness. I'm so anyway, he was absolutely horrified. He said, we've got to get out of here. So unfortunately, that was not a good thing for my son. And we ran off to Florence and Rome as quickly as we could, which was very unfortunate because he now has a terrible memory of the place with the rats. With a rat. With a rat. With a rat. Oh, what other embarrassing moments? No, there's been all sorts of uh, fun things. I always remember we were again, we were down in the south of Sweden. And we had one particular lady, Betty, and she was quite spoilt, Betty. And uh, she said to the owner of the charming Manor House Hotel, oh, is it possible I can get a maid to come and help unpack my clothes because I normally have mine to do it for me? And she turned round in her Swedish voice and said, why didn't she bring her with me then? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so anyway, that was, that was always quite an amusing remark. But... Um, we do have an enormous amount of fun, and the most important thing is to see the country, to appreciate it, and, and, and try and do special things where we've got good contacts. I agree. Yeah. 
So one time when I was flying to India, I think this was my first trip with you, mm. and I was it was a long, long flight, you can imagine, from New York or Florida to New York, New York to, to India, and I didn't know anybody on the trip, particularly some of the people I knew, but we weren't all on the same flight. And there's a big sign that says the Argosy, so I gather in front of the sign, and this elderly woman who seemed to be limping terribly showed up. So I introduced myself and everything, and the Indians started putting all our luggage around their backs and everything else. They didn't seem to have any equipment. And it was pitch black when we'd arrived. And of course, unfortunately, the woman tripped between the uh, sidewalk and two vans. And I hear a bang and she hits her head against her car. And I thought, oh dear God, there's a dead woman here and she hasn't even had done anything. We thought she just died on the spot. I was mortified. And luckily, she sort of opened her eyes about a minute or two later. I mean, I thought she was a goner, and I thought, oh, dear, oh, dear, this trip is going to be very strange. And anyway, it turned out that she was all right, and we were very, very lucky. But that was sort of my first experience. But it, it all ended up quite fun afterwards, especially when we were all riding the elephants and seeing the glory of India and the way they live, which is so amazing with the designs on the, on the, on the elephants. And the, and the carriages that they do, my sister had lived in Egypt for many years, and they taught, and she played polo off an elephant. Well, what a hoot is that? I mean, can you imagine with a mallet? And I don't know, these elephants could go quite fast. And I've never had the pleasure of trying. So, of course, the mallet must be about 30 feet long. I don't know if you can even swing the bloody thing. But it's sort of fun. I have to think it's great fun. And so I was very, I really, really enjoyed India very, very much. And we sort of crisscrossed the country. And we ended up on a safari, which was quite amazing in the middle of India. You were talking safari. Yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, yeah, it was, we were chasing the, uh, we were um, doing the, in, uh, the, the, the lions, uh, not the lions, tigers, the, the tigers. tigers. Yeah, tiger safari. Wonderful. And then when the, the and then you'd see them on the road and they looked at you like, what are you doing here? We'd get up at 5.30 in the morning and then once we had discovered where they were located, you would get on the back of the elephants to see them with their families, it was very interesting. We were very lucky to see them. We were I know. very lucky to see the amount that we saw. Yeah. But Wonderful. the thing is, is that they have a tracker on mm. uh, on one of them, mm. so that they can be able to sort of figure out where the truck. But, but you could be driving a jeep in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden it just shows up in the middle of the road, which was actually quite amazing. Then I did this really fun trip in. Um, in uh, Cuba, which was, uh, as you know, it started to be op it started to open very, very recently, and now traveling there is, is actually not as complicated as it once used to be. And we stayed in this fabulous hotel. What was it? It was yeah. wonderful. The Parque Central. Was it? Yeah, the Parque Central. Yeah. It was very fabulous. Nice. Yeah. And my mother had lived there many years ago, so she was telling me where her house was and where they used to go, and they used to be with Hemingway, who had a wonderful house, which is now a museum. So it was quite interesting to see it. Unfortunately, her house had been raised because it was off a golf course, and Fidel did not believe that uh, playing golf was uh, the proper thing to do. So everything went off the deep end. And some of the restaurants that Mummy used to go to, forget it, gone, gone. Everything's gone to pot. And it was sort of sad because they had these wonderful houses and this wonderful architecture. And it's you know, the squares are still very beautiful, but it has not been kept up. But the people, I have to say, are as joyful Wonderful. and as happy as could be. Lovely people. And the thing is, for 60 years, they've been living in this condition, and so they're not really aware that there was another form of life before. 
And I've never seen such joy dancing in the streets. And boy, can those people dance. They can move, and certainly not like us. We saw a dance class which just about riveted us because the movements and the modern dance that they do is absolutely extraordinary. Combination of uh, flamenco and modern dance. Absolutely beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. It was just amazing. Anyway, so we all just got very giggly. Mm. And we called ourselves Mosquito 1, Mosquito 2, and Mosquito 3. We were sort of in cahoots, which probably wasn't very nice to the other guests. We were roaring with laughter all the time. And they have these wonderful old cars, which we did go oh, into. old cars. We had a fleet of them to go to the... I know. They were like 50s. 19, yeah, pre-1959. And everybody guesses to what year they are. And all the spare parts and the part have come over from Russia to keep them up. That's and amazing that they yeah, would have wonderful. parts in Russia. Yeah. Well, the Russians made them and sent them over. They had us where they got them from to keep them up. And uh, I guess they can get them from other places now. Anyway. Oh, they're fabulous. They're wonderful. Real I don't boys. Think Real you boys. Buy one and bring Real them. boys stuff it is. It's marvelous. <laughs> and the churches are superb. The, per, the, the churches are superb, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. So. Uh, Cambodia, Vietnam. What else can we think of that were sort of interesting and amusing? Yeah. Nobody fell overboard. Nobody fell overboard. Yeah, who <clears throat> fell over on one of your trips? Oh, oh the, the one with the rain. Oh, John, oh yes, John, he did. We organized, this was in uh, what we did with him because he was a little lame, he became lame, poor man. And we had a, we erected a sedan chair for him to come off and back off the boat all the time. And the, the Burmese were, again, the most sweet, lovely people in the world. And uh, they, they erected this, uh, like a sedan chair for him to come off and off the boat and looked after him quite beautifully. Anyway, he was nice, nice old boy. But remember when it was raining? Where was that? But, uh, it was a trip where it was raining and you had to take 40 pieces of luggage off. Oh, that was a nightmare. This goes back, <laughs> this goes back 20 years. And we came from um, Sicily and we took a ferry at night time um, and arrived in the morning in Naples. It was pouring with rain, pouring, pouring, pouring. And it was a day when uh, there were no porters to take 40 big heavy luggage off, off the, down the gangplank. And the gangplank was at, at such an angle, it was a nightmare to get off. And then we, the bus we found eventually. And I think that was one of the, my most worst things that So you that all happened. had to carry your own suitcase. I mean, simply shocking carrying our own bags. No, but Can I mean, you, you know, those gangplanks <laughs> are so, first of all, I'm afraid of heights. Oh. So when I go on a gangplank, I sort of go, don't look down, no. don't look down. I mean, you get so nervous. Yeah. So years ago, I'd rented a boat in Turkey and we had a wonderful group, and everybody would go out till three o'clock in the morning. And the gangplank that we had had only one side with a string, and the other side was wide open. Well, a friend of ours who was on the boat, you know, he sort of teeter-tawed on the boat. Everybody was asleep, and he fell on the side that didn't have a string. And he's now stranded in the water, and he can't get back on the boat, let alone the pier. He can't. No, it's impossible. Right the boat's there. too high because. They're, so he's paddling around. I think it sewed him up quite a bit. He didn't know what to do. There's nobody around to help him or to yank him because there's no, the port, the water is low and then the sidewalk is very high. Yeah. And there's no way to get back on. There's no string, no rope. So the poor fellow had to swim in this condition all the way back to shore and then teeter totter over to, and had to do the whole trip over again. I mean, I was actually petrified that he would probably drown somewhere. But luckily, he was a good swimmer. 
but do these stories do happen especially losing people when you're on on these trips because they sort of wander off and they had no idea where they're going and they get on the wrong bus and they oh, that's happened hasn't it we, that we, has we've happened. been we've been waiting there and somebody's got on our bus and we sort of give them a black look and they sort of say oh we've got we're on the wrong bus i said yeah i think you might be anyway it is anyway Confusion uh, does happen, but confusion it's, happens. Anyway. But it, it still is sort of part of what makes the trip so much fun. I know. But good food, good wine, good camaraderie. Oh, uh, what about when we when you drank all that? You had oh, it's a gosh. very drinky group. So we were. I chartered a boat to go down the Croatian coast. Oh, I must have been ten, twelve years ago. And I warned them. I said, "We want some really good and some nice wine." And I said, well, "You know, we're pretty good drinkers." And anyway, and uh, the captain came to me um, um, after the first day, and he said, you've drunk as much last night as the whole group chartered the boat the week before in seven days. So anyway, they must have been, it must have been a, from some, I was going to say from some church group. I'm, anyway, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But anyway, they, they weren't drinkers. And um, uh, we, we, we had a lot of good wine and everything on the boat. It's called large consumption. Large consumption. Large well, we consumption. Do, yeah, we're quite a group of mm. drinkers, especially mm. the British who love to drink. Mm. And similar to when I, I'd gone on a trip on a boat that didn't belong to me or not that I've ever owned a boat. And I mean, you could, because it was so large, you couldn't swim and you couldn't swim in port and you couldn't do anything. So I found myself a little tiny little thing in Turkey and we had so much fun, and so we ended up counting one one time the amount of alcohol. There must have been 11 of us on board because I know one person didn't drink, and we had consumed uh, in 10 days, 11 days, <laughs> 176 bottles Gee, of wine, four bottles of recce, and two bottles of vodka. I was horrified, so I kept telling everybody, we've got to detox to retox. Mm. You've got to stop drinking for about a month because... I can't believe we actually, but you know, we had so much exercise, and at the time I was uh, a triathlete, so I was able to swim miles at a time. So I was able to sort of recuperate from all this. But you know, there's not a whole lot to do when you're a boat besides when you're touring off the boat. So you do a tremendous amount of consumption, backgammon. We had a backgammon tournament going on, and we just ate and drank. And then, of course, we did all the beautiful temples and all the wonderful things that you see in Turkey, which are so fabulous. So there was a lot of activity, but when you're on a boat, honey, you got your drink in one hand, you got the laugh, and you're just giggling away. And we always have a costume party on board, which is hysterical because people actually make a tremendous amount of effort. And even the crew gets involved. It's really, really fun. So I, I highly recommend getting a bunch of friends together because Turkey's beautiful, the coast is beautiful. Wonderful. And it's so full of history, and of course the Turks hate the Greeks, and the Greeks hate the Turks, and of course half of it was belonged to them. And then, but I mean, it is absolutely beautiful. And we went over a city that it was sunken from the um, earthquakes, but it had sunk completely in its right way, so that when you sailed over it, you could actually see the city in its entire contents. It was absolutely beautiful. Now they've banned people from diving there to preserve the elements. And they had these wonderful temples that had been built. And nobody quite knew how they built them and how they were able to do, to do this without parchment or anything else, which is an absolute truth. Mm. And they found out that they would draw, they would 
take a marble with a chisel and they would draw the design of the temple in the chisel, in the marble, with all of the directions. And once the temple was built, they would efface it off. They would erase it off so nobody for centuries had any idea how they built them because there was no no relic left of how they did it. No. I thought it was the most fascinating, fascinating story I'd ever heard about how they actually did this. And then as soon as the temples were built, well, Ephesus is an absolutely beautiful place in Turkey and must be seen by every single person in the world. It is absolutely stupendous. And what was so incredible about it is that it used to be a place where boats would come and they would cleanse the feet of the, the individuals. And they had, they had at Ephesus, they had hospitals. They did plastic surgery for cleft lips, for all sorts of deformities. And now the water has receded three miles away yeah. from it. And so it can only be reached by bus or by whatever. You have a better memory about this than I do, Diane. Well, no, because I happen to have gone to Turkey for so, so long. Yeah. And I saw just about everything that could have happened there. It was absolutely the most exquisite trips. They're not very expensive. And if you get some friends together, you will actually not enjoy only the waters because they're very warm, but you will enjoy the historical value of these beautiful temples and these beautiful places to go to. I mean, it's a... Wonder, some people actually take a historian on the boat with them yeah. so that they can really learn about all of the history. It's actually fascinating. I mean, I recommend it highly, 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 but I think I've seen every single temple there is. I went all the way from from Kusadasi all the way down to the... Um, right. No, all the way, no, further, further to the down. capital of, of Istanbul, after Istanbul, all the way down to Anastasia, mm. uh, Antolia, excuse Antolia. me. And told you, absolutely beautiful. And we actually got we were we the, the captain was diving for um, octopus, and we were on the boat, and all of a sudden this massive tidal wave. I mean, well, I wouldn't say massive because I mean, the tidal wave just came out of nowhere and blew off all the glasses, everything off the boat. And we're trying. And of course, the captain's underwater, and we're trying to move the boat to to stop being in this position. And luckily, we had our friend Richard, who was a very good boater and who was helping us. But it came out of the blue. It was the most peculiar thing I've ever seen. This huge wave came out. I've chartered a lovely boat built in 1912. It was, it's like something out of Death on the Nile uh, called the Halas. And the Halas is wonderful. And it's remember in 1912, it's the year the Titanic went down. And we sailed all around the, well, motored, if you call it, all around the uh, Bay of Fetier. Lovely boat. It Beautiful. is stunning, that area. I know. And, the, and the, food, the food. Best food. Best food. Is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I highly recommend Turkey because you are not inland, so there is no fear of somebody, you know, gunning you down. No. When we were there, there was actually an attack on the, em the American embassy. And it was very sad because the two fellows that were covering the embassy actually um, protected the, they were, one was a very young gentleman that had only been serving for about a, less than a year. And he protected the embassy and he killed the insurgents, but unfortunately, they unfortunately killed him as well. And so everybody was worried and trying to reach us. And we said, look, we're out to sea. There's nobody that's coming to get us. So it was quite safe. And I think Turkey's safe, don't oh, you yeah. think? Well, I think it's safe, yeah. I don't know. So as people say now, Morocco is not safe. I don't know. People get, I mean, I think we all have to carry on as best we can in this situation with political um, 
improbabilities around the world, and we just have to not be beaten by anybody. We've just got to crack on. I know, but some of the places are pretty yeah, scary. <laughs> you have to be careful, of course you do. I know, I know. Uh, but uh, So what, you're going to look forward to another trip. Mm. You've b done Spain many times. Been to Spain quite a few times, yeah. And, uh, and we go to, I think, one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen with the collections is the Palacio Liria, which we're going to go to in um, Madrid. Um, and what is the Palazzo? Palazzo Liria is owned by <coughs> the Duchess of Alba. The Duchess of Alba is the largest landowner, and she was quite amusing one day. She was looking at a magazine. This is the late Duchess, and she said to her assistant, oh, gosh, I've just seen in this magazine the most beautiful house. Isn't it stunning? And, the, and her assistant turned around and said, yes, it belongs to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. How? She has more properties and estates than anybody else in Spain and probably in the world. And uh, anyway, so it's, uh, and she was known as Cayetano. But I think uh, one of the most glamorous things I've ever um, had organized, I was in Paris and I had, we were about 20 people. And my friend Di Diane was a sculpture, sculpturist, and she made beautiful bronzes and one day she, sa she said, Anthony, bring all your friends you're on your traveling with him. Firstly, we have a black tie dinner at the Trianon, the Petit Trianon at Versailles, in the, actually the Petit Trianon Hotel. And we had a beautiful dinner with an orchestra. And then the next day she said, come with me. You come and we have some, a surprise. And the surprise was she'd erected a beautiful marquee um, in the grounds of Versailles and she'd hired the um, 18th century dressage team, and there were about 40 horses which came out of the woods in tricorn hats, 18th century costume, and did a complete display. It was so incredibly beautiful and a wonderful surprise, a lovely, generous woman, and people do these marvelous things from time to time. Well, we were very lucky when we were in Oman because of the British connection. Oh, yes. There was a British fellow because the Brits are very friendly mm. with... Um, with the Sultan. With the Sultan, who unfortunately was ill at the time that we were there, not that we would have met him. And we were able to go to the stables. Oh, yes, we went to the stables. absolutely amazing. And we were looking at these beautiful... I mean, this is not open to the public, these no. beautiful Arabian horses. And he had a collection of carriages. Mm. Let me tell you, I have never seen such beautiful carriages in my entire life. I mean, they, one of them was bright yellow. It was, where did, it was the, all done in Hermes material. Well, some was Hermes, <laughs> some was another company. And I mean, the most beautiful, made out of mahogany and leather, leather. and gold. And we saw every single horse. And, it was extraordinary to understand. You have to really see them because they have rather very large nostrils and they're much shorter than mm. regular horses. So we have a friend of ours that has very frizzy red hair and she was nuzzling up to a horse who started eating her hair. He thought it was hay. Yeah. And it was so funny. And lovely we, Jenny. Lovely friend of ours with her strawberry red hair and the horse was having at it. She was trying to get her hair out of his mouth. And it was so, so, it was one of the most amazing things because it, he never, never shows his collection to anybody. It's sort of très privé. 
So we were very, very lucky to do that. So if you come back in life as a horse, go there, because you live in an air-conditioned stable. Oh, it's um, unbelievable. Well, I'm coming back as a poisson, which means a, a fish, poisson. since I'm a Pisces. <laughs> and I'm going to be thrown with the fish, as I happen to like. And I was born in a snowstorm anyway, so I seem to be a water thing. Oh, my mom was lovely. Wonderful country. Marvelous. It was beautiful, and we were so well, yeah. so well greeted. And then we were staying at the... Uh, Albustan. Albustan Palace, which had the largest... I, I can't it's the largest dome and chandelier. No, the three largest Swarovski crystal oh, chandeliers was, was, in the was, world. Yeah. The only thing that drove me bananas was that they were putting frankincense uh, all over the place, and you'd come in, it was all completely foggy, and you're going, apahu, apahu, it's sneezing, it's sneezing. They adore frankincense, and I didn't find it particularly a great smell, but they just put so much of it. But it was one of the most beautiful hotels I've ever been into, so when you go off your room onto your terrace, you have a little door that leads you into a lagoon, a pool lagoon, that you can swim around and around and around. It was divine. It was divine. It was <laughs> divine. And then they had real honey in the breakfast room with literally the honeycombs dripping from this glass container. I mean, it's literally like a frame. And you were getting the honey from, um, from the bees, the actual honey from the hive, which was extraordinary because honey has some very, very powerful antioxidants and great, great nutrients for you. So... We really enjoyed ourselves very much on that trip. Had hey, so many fun adventures. My hey, mom is lovely. I know, and so I just want you all to be able to uh, join one of these trips. And I don't care if you're 40, 50, or 60, there's always, a t there's always room for you. Absolutely. Right, Anthony? It's wonderful. I mean, we have a wonderful guide in India uh, when we go there, and I make sure we get him before we organize the trip because he's so special. He's called Durga, Durga Singh, and, he's called he, and uh, he starts the day off saying it's a very auspicious day, and uh, he's hysterical. He tells you about everything you want to know about religion, history, uh, uh, marriages, how they're all organized, um, what the rules are on premarital sex and everything. And he tells you a little bit about everything. He's he's the most wonderful man with great humor. So we, we get him first. Well, you're doing a trip to Scotland, which sounds divine. Yes, we're going to a lovely palace there, staying at Schoon. And those who've seen a movie called Bell, which is a story of uh, this the, of the family going back to the 18th century. Oh yes, the black, the black yes. girl and the and the. She's and Jamaican. The Jamaican girl who yeah. starts to be. Yes, I yeah. saw the movie. Yeah, and, and they own a house there. London House was called Kenwood, which is one of the greatest London houses in North London, and there was a beautiful portrait painted of Belle and her cousin by Zoffany, and it's hanging in in Schoon where we're all staying, owned by the Lord Mansfield, and. Uh, Anyway, we're staying there, and uh, we're going on having a private visit on the on the royal yacht Britannia, which no longer belongs to the Queen, I believe. No, it's been it's a museum now, but we it's in in water, and so we're going to have wow. a reception there. And then my wife's family have got a little cottage here called Hopeton, so we're going to go there. How wonderful! Yeah, all sorts of things. So it all sounds brilliant. Mm. 
and I yeah. hope that we carry on and I can go on as many trips as I'm doing my bucket list by the way <laughs> you are a trip don't you? I know I am a trip you are a complete trip <laughs> but I've got to continue <laughs> these trips and I'm looking forward to maybe going on the South African adventure because yes. I've never been there yes I won't feed you to the lands dear heart remember the wonderful right. film with George with, with, with George Freeman and Jack Nicholson their bucket list and they were all going off oh, all over the place and had an absolute wonderful time and I'm thinking, you know, we got to start checking that bucket list <laughs> off uh, before I get into a wheelchair a or wheelchair. something. <laughs> and uh, I'm enjoying it f famously. I mean, really. And so um, do look this up and do try to see uh, his website because it's rather interesting. And uh, we're off to wherever. And I just want to let you know that we hope you enjoyed the show. And please don't forget... Lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. And God bless you. Have a wonderful day.